0: Thank you.
1: Going on, everybody. How are we doing tonight? It is Chips and Dish here on All About the Birds. You know, like, right as we went live, right? Everyone sees it right about the live. I'm just like jacking my kid out of the frame. Super uh, professional, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's the first time we've had a kid live on the air so far, I think. Oh, God. You know, Johnny's, kid, Johnny's kid didn't turn the lights out in the middle of a show once, but that was about it.
1: We are joined here on the All About the Birds Network by Villanova legend, Chris Jenkins. What is going on, my friend? Happy trade deadline night.
0: Hey, man. Happy trade deadline night. Thank y'all for having me. I'm excited, man. Talk some good hoops. That's right. That's
1: that's what we're going for.
0: So, listen,
1: just to let everybody know how this happened, right? Chris and I, we're we're workout buddies. We like to work out at the crack of dawn. uh (laughs) now i messaged him he was like yeah i'll talk some hoops and here we are so we're gonna get into everything the trades that did and did not happen we're gonna look at the second half of the season and see how the sixers have positioned themselves and uh and because we got you here and it's march madness we gotta talk about the shot um so we got a lot of stuff going and we got comments are gonna roll in all night um so let's get into it let's get into it uh in your mind, what was the biggest
0: trade of the day? Wow. Biggest trade of the day. I mean, I guess we can say the biggest trades didn't even happen. So, you know, I think there were some decent trades, but uh, the biggest trade on the day, uh, uh, I guess we could say Orlando unloading their entire squad. I guess yeah. that was like <laughs> the biggest play so far. <laughs> yeah. I hope not. That, that
1: was That was something. That was, I didn't see. I, I know Orlando, you know, they're, they're rebuilding a little bit. Jason saying, What's up and welcome, welcome.
0: Um, what's up, what's up Jason? I,
1: I know Orlando's kind of rebuilding, but for them to unload all stars,
0: yeah.
1: it says a lot about their, what their current vision of everything is. I mean, they're, they're in a straight rebuild now.
0: Yeah, they got to be. I mean, they, they, they put a lot out there. They let go of some, some really, really good players in this league, in that league. So, Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, I was going to say like their return that they got back compared to some of the other trades got a lot of nobodies getting traded and second round picks. I mean, they basically got rid of Vucevic and Gordon. They got three Mm -hmm. first round picks, you know, Wendell Carter, Gary Harris, you know, last year's first round pick RJ. They got a lot of picks and young players. So I think I think the magic it was surprisingly they got rid of so many players. But I think compared to at least what Houston's doing with their roster, right? Kind of kinda seems like they at least have some form of a rebuilding plan right now there in Orlando.
0: I mean, then we weren't we kinda saying that about Boston a couple years ago, about how they had these young guys and they got these players and they got a thousand and one draft picks and they like sixth or seventh in the east. Like they is done. Like I'm not a big proponent of trading good players. I don't think that's how you get good because no. draft picks are their draft picks, you know, people, people miss in the draft more than they, they hit. So,
1: and that's so big. And I'm, I'm so glad that you said that because, you know, yeah, you're, you're stockpiling picks, but you look at what, so let's, let's jump into the Sixers for a second. The Sixers made one move, right? The Sixers made one move and they were apparently, you know, one of the front runners for the Kyle Lowry trade, which never happened. So you want to talk about a big buildup with a major letdown. Um, I'm fine with Kyle Lowry not being a Sixer tonight based on what the the rumor was that they were asking for.
0: Yeah, what they were asking for was a lot, was a, was a whole lot. And yes. uh, I find that interesting, man. Like, this is the second time we've seen Sixers in trade talks, and teams have been trying to crack them over the head. Yeah, like, right. Houston, Houston was trying to dismantle them, too, but then traded them to Brooklyn for, you know what I mean? I don't uh, everything. tell me. <laughs>
1: They train him for everything. And then you look at what Houston did today where they, they dump off Oladipo. So basically, what what did Houston – what positive moves has Houston made this season?
0: Yeah, and um, like with with their, their new coach like mm-hmm. how, bringing him into that situation, like how are how you going to bring somebody into a funky situation like that, man? Any coach. Right. Like especially a first-year coach that waited 20 years for the opportunity. This the job you yeah. got to take? <laughs> <laughs> a job where they go on a 20-game losing streak. You know how hard that is? <laughs> to, lose to lose 20 games, 20 games game in the NBA?
2: In I, I mean, I've lost 20 games before in softball, in, a, in men's softball league. So I, I know what it's like to lose <laughs> 20 times. I think we lost 23 in a row that year. So – I know what it's like to lose that many times in a row. It sucks.
0: Yeah, that's unbelievable, man. Like that is a that's an incredible streak.
1: <laughs> right, but you think about it like this so I flash back a couple seasons ago to the the process of the Sixers, right? Where it was a planned move when they started winning more than two games in a row, they're like, "Let's let's get somebody off this team. We can't have this." This seems a very similar move to that. Like Victor Oladiba was the only player, again, coming off a pretty serious injury, but right. he was starting to put some things together and they're like, get rid of him. Just just dump him off. We, we can't it have is. him on this team.
0: It just didn't make sense, man. I, some some of these moves that these GMs make, man, it just right. it blows my mind for sure. All right.
1: So- so, so let's let's talk the Sixers move, and then we'll get into the rest of the East and then the West. So the Sixers make one move. They trade for George Hill and some guy from the Knicks, who I can't pronounce his name, Brad Braddyskis. We're going to call him Iggy Part 4. Um, and they really they don't give up a ton. The only big thing that I think they give up is Tony Bradley, who right now at this point, because of Embiid being hurt, that move does hurt a little bit. Yeah, um,
0: he was playing well too.
1: He was. He was playing real well. But we, we've seen a lot of uh backup
2: center backup backup centers play well in short little spurs. I mean, everybody was up in arms when the Sixers didn't, you know, bring back Norvell P- Pell last year. I mean, he he, <laughs> he he he's not doing anything this year. You know, your third string center, if you're really upset about giving up your third string center for a piece that's going to contribute on a playoff rotation, then I think you got bigger issues. So right. I actually think they capitalized on Tony Bradley's. Right. Value what might be at its peak right now, and they've got a guy for the next year and a half because he's here next year as well. George Hill, I, I'm a huge George Hill fan. I wanted George Hill two years ago yeah. on our bench, so I think George Hill is a great piece. I mean, he's a good shooter. He's a good backup point guard. You know, he he hits the three, so he's yeah. got really right. good playoff record number numbers. You know, hitting it as well.
0: Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna contribute for sure. Um, I definitely think the Sixers won that trade without a doubt because they Agreed. got better. And when you make trades, you always want to get better. You don't want to make trades and go in the wrong direction.
2: So here's my question. So, like, what's it like as a basketball player when you're forced to play out of position? Shake Milton has been forced to run the point of the second unit. He can't do what he naturally wants to do, and that's just shoot and score. That's what what he's best at. And I think bringing in George Hill frees up Shake Milton. Now, Shake Milton doesn't have to worry about running the offense with the second unit. He can just go out and do what he does best. And I think that's actually – the most underrated part of this trade is it's going to help shake Milton a massive amount the rest of this year and next year going forward. Yeah. That's why
0: it's good to have somebody around like Doc and that can give good input on how, how good teams are built, you Mm -hmm, know, uh, to have guys playing their natural position to do the things that they, that they know that they're good at. You know, that's, that's why they're at the level that they're at. I got Mm -hmm. here by doing the things that I'm great at. And when I got to play out of position or, switch up this and do that like you know it it has an effect on you know their style of play and how they perform
1: now you you being on you know these villanova the, that villanova squad um how much look we always talk about leadership and veteran leadership and things like that so you know you guys had experienced players and, and it carried over into a championship win so now looking at the sixers where it's Dwight Howard playoff and championship experience. George Hill playoff experience. How much does that push Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris to that next level?
0: I mean, it definitely helps because uh, those are guys that can hold them accountable. You know, right. one thing one thing I know about basketball players is you know everybody's like oh it's a it's a player driven league and it, this and that you know basketball players are pampered and da, 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 da. basketball players are big on respect. You know, mm-hmm. like they respect doc rivers so they listen to him they didn't necessarily have a lot of respect for brett brown especially coming to the right. end so everything he's saying is falling on deaf ears you know they tend to respect guys that have been in their shoes a little more just because they probably understand them more and uh right. respect is big so when you got guys around you players that have played at the highest level won a championship play with lebron james and etc and they know the standard that it takes to be not only a successful team, but a championship team. And they can hold you accountable when you're the best player. You know, a lot of of things are expected when you're the best player.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and my dog agreed with everything you just said. (laughs) It was was absolutely accurate. Um, It was like right on cue. Scooby Scooby, Scooby had to weigh in. Um, so, so, so Phil took some time and he, he kept his chicken scratch and he wrote down some of the top trades of the day. So Phil, what I would like you to do, if you can decode what you wrote. Um, oh, I could decode it. I'm the only one that could decode it. So, <laughs> so I would like Phil to share out a trade and then Chris, myself and Phil, we're going to break down the winners and the right. losers of some of I, these trades. I'm sure. going to break down. I'm going
2: to announce, I, I didn't know you were going to ask that, but I'm going to say a trade that's getting the least amount of talk in my opinion. Because okay. It's a steal. Uh, Well, not a steal per se, but I I love this team actually making a move, and that's the Blazers getting Norman Powell from the Raptors. They gave up 22-year-old Gary Trent and Rodney Hood, and that's it. And I think Norman Powell being added to Dame Lillard, my favorite non-sixer player in the NBA, does not get enough support there in Portland. You know, I think that's that's a huge move for them, and they're just giving up two guys that, you know, are bench pieces to dress it. I mean, He's shooting 43% from three right now, Norman Powell. So, yeah. I, th- I think it's a I- – I love the Blazers. I love Dame Dame Lillard. So, I think that's a huge trade right there.
0: I, I tend to agree. That's That helps them. They got better. Yeah. I feel like they got better. And especially being in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. they're playing well. They're getting guys back from some injuries. So, I feel like they're going to try to make a push. So, they're uh, – Yeah. They they definitely won that trade for sure. I I, I
1: think I do. I agree. I think they didn't give up a lot. I think they got a. There's not one pick involved. You know, I
0: know you said, you know,
2: Chris said, you know, picks, you know, they're hit or miss and all, but they literally gave up two bench pieces. You know, Rodney Hood's old anyway. He's going to be gone at the end of the season or older. He can
1: still play. He can still play, but he's okay. Bring in a guy like Norman Powell, not give up any picks, and to give Dame Lillard a a piece like Norman Powell and remember CJ McCollum is still on that team. So mm-hmm. that that's now adding yet another shooter. So Portland is loading up with shooters at this point, which in the West is a way to beat some of these, uh, some of these teams Yeah, that have some excellent guard play. Yeah.
0: Cause man, Hey, listen, the Western conference is insane, man. Like, yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's been tough. Obviously, for the past couple of years, but I just feel like it just keeps getting better. Like I feel like, yeah, KD and those guys left, but I feel like the, the point guard spot, the the spot where you have to be really, really good to win now, they are uh gotta be on something out there in the West, man.
2: All right, another another trade, a little confusing to me. I'm not sure why it went through and what what, what the thought process is. The Hawks have been red hot, you know. Clippers are still you know, a sleeper favorite in the West. Mm-hmm. The Clippers traded at, trade at Lou Williams in two seconds for Rajon Rondo. And I know Rondo, playoff Rondo, is way different than regular season Rondo, but you gave up a score for Rondo, just basically a floor general. I, I, I'm not sure if I understand that trade personally.
0: Yeah, that's one that's – yeah, I don't know, guys. That's one that's <laughs> – I mean yeah, I'm sure I, Lou Williams had to go I, back I was to like that one like this too. Like I was scratching my head on that one like Atlanta definitely they got Lou will and two picks. Like I yeah. know the picks can be missed but the fact that that's what they were that's what they got. You know like for Rondo who's an, like you guys said a little older player now a floor general not really a you know a score a scoring threat but where Rondo can really really help the Clippers is if he can keep those guys mentally strong. Like if mm-hmm. he can do that for those guys, that'll, that'll probably benefit them way more than his his scoring will, for sure, I yeah. feel like. The,
1: the big thing that I heard about this deal that, um yeah, Lou, Lou wanted to go back and get some more of those wings.
0: Um, hey, Lemon Pepper Lou, <laughs> he ain't lying. Are,
1: are, are you the first person to make that joke today, Chip? No, not I, a chance. I, think I might have seen it at least 100 more times today. Absolutely. So Let me pepper about, Lou Williams. <laughs> the thing about this deal to me that stands out the most, look, I'm trying to rationalize because Lou Williams, ever since leaving Philadelphia, has turned into a straight-just scorer doing what he needs to do. Sixth man of the year. I mean, he's he's well, a good NBA player. Rajon Rondo is an assist machine. So the only way that the Clippers are kind of saying, hey, this is why we're making this move is because it takes – Kawhi from bringing the ball up it takes Paul George from bringing the ball up it forces Rajon Rondo to be the facilitator whereas Lou Williams was still looking to score Um, I I don't understand the thought process of taking points off of the board personally Um, and then now you know with Atlanta now has him playing alongside Trey Young I mean that's that's a pretty one-two it's a pretty solid one-two combination. So I think, personally, Atlanta wins this deal. But we also know with LeBron being injured right now, it reopens the West to anybody can claim it.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's an absolute fact. But are we expecting the Clippers to do it? Like, even after this trade, is that who we're expecting to take over the West? I don't think anybody AD takes the West. Are I still covering? think the
2: Lakers are the West. I mean, we'll get into our second half predictions, yeah. but I still think that you know, even if even if the Lakers fall to the fifth or sixth seed, no, if if they get LeBron healthy and AD healthy,
1: there's nobody going to stop them in the playoffs.
0: I mean, yeah, look, Kawhi say, Leonard is Drummond, yeah,
1: man. Oh, well, right, and that's that's a whole other conversation. Is all these players went? All right, you didn't trade me. Well, then cut me. Like Lamarcus Aldridge is a free agent right now. You know what I mean? Right. Well, Marcus yeah. Aldridge is a free agent. I don't, don't, do don't when the Sixers eh. need a stretch fork eh. like they currently do, eh. love me some Lamarcus Aldridge. Eh. Guy's a little, a little <laughs> long in the tooth <laughs> at this point, a little True. slow.
2: He doesn't stretch the floor that much. He's more of a 12, 14 foot jump shooter. I, I don't want no Lamarcus Aldridge. I'm, I'm happy to do he's,
1: he's going to Miami anyway. They've already they've already pre-dotted that contract. Yeah, exactly. The the other trade, because this is a guy I did want to get bought out.
2: But he did mm-hmm. get traded for next to nothing. The Mavs got J.J. Reddick, you know, former mm-hmm. Sixer from the Pelicans for James Johnson, Wes, a one-do, and a second-round pick. So basically gave up nothing for J.J. Reddick, who he's had a slight down year by his standards. But I really wanted to see J.J. Reddick reunited with Joel Embiid and the Sixers because, you know, you put him on our bench with George Hill. Now all of a sudden,
1: you know, dude, your bench is one of the better benches in
2: basketball now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, I I love JJ Redick. I, <laughs> I, I do. I, I love JJ Redick. This deal isn't a, a a moving shaking deal. Like I know you have it written down on your on your fancy notebook because of JJ Redick and my love for him. But this this doesn't move the needle any which way for either team. But it but but it yeah, would have yeah, moved the needle if made with other players. players if, uh, if JJ Redick came right. to the Sixers, you would think differently. Well that's but again, so in Philadelphia, and I think Chris can attest to this, we have a love for players, that nostalgia feeling. So of course on JJ Reddick back on the team. But is he the right fit for this team right now? I don't think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the Sixers right now, I feel like just worry about him be getting back healthy. Keep uh-huh. working on some some chemistry, some chemistry, some continuity with the guys going into the playoffs. And then you know, I feel like they have a chance to at least compete with Brooklyn to come out the East. You know, I don't think I don't think they're far off. Like I said, I feel like they got better with their trade, and I'm not right. sure if adding JJ Reddick would have helped or hurt or whatever have you. But I mean, can never have too much shooting, so. I guess it could not. Have True. Too bad. All right. I'll so touch let me ask you this.
1: All right, Well, hold on. I want, I want to tie into the Sixers thing because you just brought it in. And yes, Jason, I I agree. Reddick is your favorite college player of all time, of course. Yeah. Outside of Sir hey, Chris hey, Jenkins, yes, sir, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's surprised um, he even knows who you are. I mean, he's a Detroit guy. You know,
2: he, he's a <laughs> Michigan State fan. You know. <laughs> Oof. Uh,
0: we, uh, we make mistakes from here and there. It's All right. Uh, yeah, you hear that,
1: Jason? <laughs> you make mistakes sometimes. So just, just tying into the Sixers thing, right, and you having you know played some time in the, the G League, like having done these things, working your way through, Paul Reed is now looking to fill in some minutes while Joel Embiid comes back. What's that transition process going to be like for him?
0: I mean, it's probably a fast learning curve. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get acclimated, but for the most part, as a player, man, this is these are kind of the thing like you don't wish anyone gets hurt. Mm-hmm. You never you never wish bad on anyone, but you always ask for your opportunity as a player. You always say, Look, whatever that may be, however that may come, I just want a shot. And right now, this young man getting ready to get his shot. Right. So that hopefully that's how he's he's approaching. You got you gotta now. be ready. Like, I'm gonna just go out here and play.
2: Look, Tony Bradley took advantage of his shot. Now yeah. he's going to get regular minutes absolutely. with the Thunder. I mean, the Thunder absolutely. are pretty much just tanking, to use that term. So he's going to get minutes, and he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Who knows? Tony Bradley might have taken his opportunity and turned it into a contract, you know? Look at some oh, of the guys that her. There was Sean Holmes and yeah. the other guys that
1: are now playing and making good money in the NBA because they took advantage of their shot. Look, Kylo Quinn played in the NBA for way longer than he should have. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a big man in this league and you can stand on your own two feet, you're going to get signed somewhere by somebody.
0: I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) So, he's getting his shot, man, and hopefully he makes the most of it.
2: Yeah. All right. So, one more trade I wanted to touch on because you did bring up the Celtics before. You know, the Celtics got another guy, the Sixers, we're looking for, Evan Fournier. Or Fournier, Mm -hmm. whatever. Don't Google his name. That's what he tweeted out, you know. Don't do that. (laughs) And all they gave up for him was two second-round picks. And, uh, you know, the Celtics have been a mystery this year, obviously. You know, they have not performed. They've had some injuries. They had some COVID issues, whatnot and all. Fournier is kind of like George Hill. He's a really great veteran bench piece that they added there. Does he swing the needle and make them a a contender, per se? No. But, I mean – you got to think that if the, the Sixers were in on George Hill for two seconds, they could have been in on Fournier too.
0: Yeah, yeah, they definitely probably tried to, you know, at least, they at least, you know, had a conversation with Orlando about Fournier. And, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I just – the Celtics didn't do anything, you know. Like, they didn't – I mean, what what they do? Did they probably move up a seed or two? I mean, I guess we could mm-hmm. argue that going into the playoffs, but they didn't, they don't really – put any pressure on anyone they didn't you know apply pressure or shift anything so right. uh, i mean we'll see man it's just gonna be interesting like the celtics for a long long time they've had a lot of praise for how danny Ames has gotten so many picks, mm-hmm. yeah so many picks these many picks when It came to James Harden, he didn't want to trade this guy and that guy. And I'm like, Well, you're just going to give him to Brooklyn? Like, I, I I, don't understand NBA teams, man. Like, they, uh, I don't get it. well. Uh, speaking like Miami of them, not wanting to trade Tyler Hero in the James Harden trade, we don't want to put Tyler Hero. Like, what, what are y'all talking about?
2: They wouldn't about? put Tyler Hero in the Harden, the Lowry trade. I mean, or Tyler, the Tyler Hero's a nice kid, but is he really James I mean, Harden? No,
0: I mean, he's he, I mean, Tyler Hero's he's okay. He played better in the bubble than he is now. Like, well, I mean, mm-hmm. he's not doing anything to, to sweep us off our feet. Like, uh, so you brought Harden. Well? Yeah. We've seen guys play well like this before, but that he's also shown us that he's not keeping it up.
1: <laughs> I, I think that anything that the heat or not the heat that the Celtics did by getting Evan Fournier, that made them a better team. They undid by trading Daniel Thice or Thijs, from Mo Wagner,
0: like yeah, they got worse like, at the
1: center position drastically.
0: Oh man, I don't understand it, man. Maybe Danny sees something that we we don't see. Well, but I mean, you 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 played
1: in a four guard set, right? You that's that's what Villanova got known for. Does that translate to the NBA game?
0: Um, yeah, for sure. Because now the game is more spaced out. Okay. Um, we got a lot more space to attack. More, more guys are more versatile. that can shoot. The game is more fast-paced, so having a four-guard lineup definitely helps. Um, it allows you to switch, switch things on defense to to help your defense. Um, but when you do that, it's just the five that you have. He has to be f- serviceable. And right. do we think that about Mo? I mean, no. And I actually who, think, who think it puts more
1: pressure. Center? Yeah, I think it puts more pressure on Jason Tatum to move him out of the three more to the four, and he's going against some big bodies in the paint, which isn't going to work well for him. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, they made a lot of moves. Everybody tried to tell us them getting Kemba was going to be better and uh, and this and Uh that. So, I mean, it's not looking good right now for the Celtics as far as, like, championship aspirations. So, right. so you you talked
2: to, talk to Ainge not pulling the trigger for Harden. You know, obviously there are the Sixers talk with Harden too. So like whether you're the, Cel- whether you're the G- GM of the Celtics, the Sixers, whoever else was in contention, how much would you have been willing to give up for James Harden? Would you have given up Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, multiple for how, like where, where should have been the line drawn on J- James Harden?
0: Yep. Um, well, I think Houston was tr- just trying to get more from the Sixers in general because the Sixers have more to offer. Yeah, like they like what the Sixers could offer more than any other team, so they were going to try mm-hmm. to take more. But I think the Sixers they were they were smart. Like they didn't want to give up Ben Simmons, Maxie, and all those picks that they had. And yeah, but at the same time, you got to think: Is James Harden? Joel and b tobias harris would that have been a better combination than they are now and that's where it's tough for you know gm to kind of figure out but i mean james harden is one of the best basketball players i've ever seen and i just did mm-hmm. not understand teams not being more aggressive like I, I really did not understand it like the celtics move i don't think i'll ever understand that like, you trade yeah. Marcus Smart, you trade Jalen Brown, you trade whoever. Absolutely. Uh, man, you buy. I'm going to holler at you. <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't think> <laughs> I don't think the Nets gave up that much for James No. Hull. I think
2: even if no, you they take won. Ben Simmons off the table, the Sixers could have beaten that offer. I mean, I, yeah. I, I love Matisse Tybalt. Everybody loves Matisse. But Matisse, Maxi, you know, as many first-round picks, mm-hmm. peace out. Bring them. I mean, I and, would have held on to Ben Simmons if I could, but you you get rid of all those pieces to get get somebody like James Harden here because
0: because this is what you can do. You trade those guys. You get you get your superstar. You got you get your superstars. So now you got two legit superstars. Two of them. Right. One's a guard. One's a big. Y'all can try to work at how Kobe and Shaq did, but Joel and Beat is a little more versatile. So it's going to be a little more right. inside outside right. action. But where yep. you could have really really. Helped your team was signing veteran guys, mm-hmm. right? You can have veteran guys come in and fill those voids. Jamari well, Crawford and, is still and, out and, there, like, there are guys yep. that are, could have been picked up to make up for you losing Matthias, Matthias, Matthias Thibault, and Tyrese, right? And if you look at like the
1: Lakers. Guys. Yep. And if you look at like the Lakers and what they did last season, what they do, they brought in their big guys, LeBron and Anthony Davis. And what did they do? They fill with all the players who let's call it like it is. They wanted a championship. They did the same thing with Cleveland. When LeBron was over there, they did the same thing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Tom Brady went there and everybody signed minimum deals so that they could go get a super bowl. Like there are certain players in this league that have that, that pied piper mentality that people just want to play with. And James Harden is one of those guys. Joel Embiid is becoming one of those guys if they make the deals. Um, With that being said, I'm okay with them not giving up everything for Kyle Lowry and his expiring contract at age 36. I'm okay with them not giving up everything for James Harden. Yes, it would have helped, but you're also talking about a team that was clicking – and retooling what they had already done when they were that 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 high class champion of the East currently and still are. Yeah.
2: Sure. Um, I mean, I, I I honestly I wouldn't have given up both Matisse and Tyrese Maxey for Kyle Lowry, but I would have given up either or if necessary, and I would give it up again. Draft picks galore for him. I, I would have made it work. I, I absolutely would have because again, Kyle Lowry takes this team and takes you from a contender. To a favorite, in in my opinion. Yeah. And Matisse, everybody loves Matisse Teibel. But can't you find a defensive wizard for the regular season? Any there, there, There's plenty of young kids that I you got bring I in here to play defense. Out there.
0: The Sixers had one. They just traded him to Phoenix on the draft night that they had him. Yeah, exactly. So they basically traded him
2: for George Bell. Because they traded him for Zahari Smith. They traded Sahari Smith for Tony Bradley. They basically traded Bridges for, you know, George Hill. So,
1: yeah. You know what killed yeah. me about that that trade? It was this, right? Brutal. They did. They drafted him, and then they did the whole thing. Like, oh, mom worked at the at the at the Wachovia Center. And he was, and he was raised here. And you know, he's this and he's that. And everyone was like, yeah, let's get excited about him. And then they trade him twenty minutes later. I'm like, get I- me He's he's.
0: Played himself into possibly a, a ninety million, a hundred million dollar contract his next time up. Right,
1: Like he's a great ball player. All right. So the one deal that we haven't talked about, and we, we touched on it a little bit, but so the Miami Heat, I think that so the the deal that happened at three oh eight, so a little past the deadline, they were just getting the paperwork in. They get Victor Oladipo, who, like I said, is doing some things this year. All they give up is Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and a first-round pick. First-round pick swap. First-round pick swap, excuse me. They so won, they won the and day.
0: They won that, the and day.
1: that's going to be one of my questions. Who won the day?
0: The Heat. The Miami Heat won the day for sure because they got a, a former All-Star, like said, who said, who trains in Miami. So now he's going to be there with his trainers, who's who's going to help, help them get back to how he was physically. And he's in Miami where it's a great culture, great team atmosphere. They didn't Uh give up any starters or any key major role players. And they didn't give up any draft picks. They just swapped their pick, which is probably going to be a high pick anyway, just because they're going to be winning. (laughs) Like Pat Riley swindled the hell out of the He always does. you're, you're, You're so
2: happy on that deal. But does Oladipo really take the heat from where they are, the middle of the playoff pack? Does it really make them a contender? So, I don't think do it makes remember that. I don't security. know if it
0: necessarily yeah. makes them a contender. I'm not sure if it makes them a contender, but it, it made them better. Considering they didn't give right. up anything. Usually, when you I mean, think them, about it. You have to yeah. give up to get. They didn't give up anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, and think about it. Like Jimmy Butler last season willed them as far as they got. Right, it was the Jimmy Butler show. They didn't give up Bam. They right. didn't give up Tyler. They and they bringing Victor right. Oladipo. Like the Miami Heat got better from this trade,
0: no yeah, question. They 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 went to the finals and got better. <laughs> you know, Maybe, I mean, I'm just, just high on,
2: on, I, I, I'm just not as high on Victor as everybody else is. I think well, when healthy, I mean, he's he's a good ball he's a good
0: ball player. He can play. That's what I'm saying. You can you can say that he's not what he was or. You know, he's coming off a major injury. But that still makes them better because right. they didn't give up anything. Yeah. Literally. Kelly Olenek, I, like, he right? He didn't give up nothing there. He's
1: like, got a great head of hair, but, I mean, he, he's a role player at best. Yeah. Think, think about it. They basically traded James yeah. Harden for Kelly Olenek and some first-round draft picks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you really put it all together? Yeah. They traded James Harden for Kelly Olenek. And fair
0: picks. It, this this uh, is interesting, right here, the guys. The
2: GM, the GM of the Rockets, hates <laughs> Daryl Morey, and that's all. <laughs> that's all it comes down to. to.
0: <laughs> this, this is what's so mind blowing to me about um, Houston and the, all the trades that they've made, acquiring all the draft picks and things like that. They didn't get any of the best players involved in any of the trades. Yeah. Yep. They had to trade with Brooklyn. Yeah. They didn't get Karis Lavert. They didn't get Jared Allen. Like they they just got a trade with the Miami Heat. They lost Victor Oladipo. They didn't get any like they didn't get any of the best players in any of the trades that they made. They're banking on their nine draft picks. <laughs> and like I said, yeah. Hopefully you hit on one of those, maybe. Like we we don't know. I mean, look we at all the first know. round
2: picks the Sixers had. In the process, Simmons and Embiid have worked out, but they had Okafor, they had Nerland, they, Michael uh-huh. Carter Williams, Markel Fultz, yeah, a lot right. of us.
0: God, so that that is my whole point. And they and those guys were number one picks, number mm-hmm. two or three picks. Like, who's to say? Like, because of the way that they switched everything now, who's to say that Houston's gonna get a top pick? They may get 14th.
1: Right. Right, yeah. and just because even if they do that? pick high, I mean, right, even if they do pick high, who's to say? Like, Jabari Parker was just cut, and everybody was high on him. So, like, you, everybody puts a lot of uh, puts a lot of stock in the draft. But please remember, Greg Oden was supposed to be dominant NBA player. You know hey, what I mean?
0: It's, I, I must say, I have to comment on that. Being a, mm-hmm. a PG County kid growing up in that area, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone in the – like, you guys know basketball. And it didn't take me to see them play one game in the NBA. I saw Kevin Durant at Texas, and I saw Greg uh-huh. Golden at Ohio State. And I never thought Greg Golden was better than Kevin Durant.
2: Nope.
0: You're Agreed. Know, so the fact that Portland has the worst draft look. Like, they got lucky when they hit <laughs> with Dane. But they skipped over Jordan, and they skipped over Kevin Durant. They are cursed for life. <laughs> two all-time greats. Two and some reason, date.
2: Dame is choosing to stay there and, and continue his career instead of moving on. He could request a trade or not sign
1: that big extension,
2: but he stayed. He's, nah, he's, he's good there.
1: Hit,
0: hit, hit. Yeah. Oh, no.
1: So one thing that was interesting to me about the trade deadline today is the, the teams that are supposed to be the big name contenders didn't make a whole lot of moves, right? Utah Jazz didn't make a big move. Sixers didn't make a big move. Lakers didn't make a big move. So they're banking on, look, let's see what we got. The team that I actually think won the day is the Denver Nuggets. So their new starting five is Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. And, and Jokic. You still have Millsap coming off the bench. You have Morris coming off the bench. You just traded for JaVale McGee. Who's a, a player in this league, a nice role player. I mean, a player? A t- <laughs> he he is a player in this league. He can contribute some things. He's won two you titles win. in the last three years.
0: So there's your playoff experience. Hey, I think the Denver Nuggets we, got, got are we, better. Are we going to credit him for that? Are we really about to do that?
1: No, uh, absolutely not. I'll, you can't take the rings away from him, though, can you? You credit him <laughs> like you credit LaShawn <laughs> yeah. McCoy for his Lombardi trophy.
0: That's right. Yeah, you know. Dang. All right. But one thing no, we can do. say I about think- Shady, though, one thing we can say about Shady, at one point, for a good stretch, he was the best running back in the NFL. We can never say JaVale was the best player Facts. in the NBA. Yeah.
1: We could, but we wouldn't have yeah. a sports show because nobody would take us seriously. Yeah, yeah.
0: I wouldn't take that seriously at all.
1: <laughs> but I do. I, I I look at the Denver Nuggets, and I, I think that the the Aaron Gordon move makes them a better team. Now, does it push them past the Jazz? We'll find out. If the Lakers don't get healthy, because remember LeBron's out for another four to six weeks, they're saying we still don't know what's with with Anthony Davis. That's a team that was built about around LeBron. You're going to see that team start to falter pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, they um they're going to get ready to hit some tough times. Um, they they got to make some moves. You know, they got to get on the phone. They got to you know start having some free agent workouts. Get some older vets in there. They like they're going to have to make some plays, man. They're going to have to stay afloat because they can't afford to sing too far right
1: yeah absolutely all right so trade deadline is coming gone now you know there's still gonna be pieces here and there looking at the east looking at the West whatever order you decide looking at the second half of this season who's who's in the finals who are the two teams to watch as of March 25th at nine o'clock at night
0: um, I mean, if the Lakers are healthy, I, f- I feel like they'll be back in the finals. And Brooklyn, I mean, they—they're a team that I've—I've I've never seen anything like them before. So, um, I definitely see that being a finals preview. But I definitely feel like the Sixers can can throw a monkey wrench in there. Like if they're playing mm-hmm. well, Joel Embiid is playing dominant because that's where Joel and can can kind of keep the Sixers afloat. Is where mm-hmm. the the Brooklyn Nets don't have anyone that can can kind of contain him or compete with him nope. because of his skill set and how he plays. And if he's, a, if he's able to control the game and control the series and spurts and things like that, I feel like that gives them the best chance and they could definitely make some noise. But I mean, Kevin Durant's, uh by the time he's going to be finished, he's going to be the top five player all time in my eyes. I mean, James okay. Harden is one of the best players I've ever seen and, and Kyrie Irving is one of the best scorers, finisher, ball handlers that that's ever played in the NBA. So, I mean, you're looking at, well, you're going to have at least score 120. Like yeah. that, that may be the pitch mark, like to, to be a competitive game. So I feel like the Sixers may have enough to where they can get a couple games and apply some pressure. If Brooklyn doesn't play any defense, because I feel like Joel Embiid B can, can, apply as much pressure as possible and keep the games close and in the playoffs coming down to the wire if the games are close I mean momentum can shift anyway at that point right yeah I, I I just I just think that
2: Brooklyn's big three individually is better than the sixers big three but if you look at the big three as a whole for Brooklyn and what else they've got around him you know you look at the sixers top seven. I just mm-hmm. in a seven game series. I I, I still I don't want to sound homers. I'll even take my Sixers hat off. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a Sixers fan, okay? I'm just an NBA fan. I, yeah. I still think the Sixers I still think the Sixers have more than enough, not just to compete, but to beat the Nets in a seven game series. Their defense will win out over the Brooklyn offense. Because all you need, you need one of those big three in Brooklyn to have a cold night, and they have nowhere else to go. Right. Who's their fourth best player? Joe Harris? Who's a nice player, but come on, I'd take number four, five, or six on the Sixers over Joe Harris right now.
0: I I think the thing that's so telling, yeah. The question is, though, is is that seven good enough to still outmatch the power of that three? Like we're talking about three of the most offensively gifted players to play in the NBA. But they haven't
2: really shown that they've gelled well together as a unit. The Sixers big three play well together. The Brooklyn three, mm-hmm. they're three individuals, in my opinion. Not a not a cohesive unit. Right.
0: Well, and I think the well, telltale sign. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Not a telltale sign.
1: No, I think, and I think the telltale sign is you look at the Sixers without Embiid for the past couple of weeks, and they're not getting blown out. So it's not like the team, while the team is built around Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. we talked about this earlier on with when other players need to step up, they've been stepping up. When you look at the bench of the Nets, they don't have that. So if two of the big three are out for the Nets, you are if you can shut down the remaining guy or hold him to 25, you can beat the Nets. And they're a team that's been dealing with injuries a large chunk of the year.
0: Yeah, I agree. But here's the thing though Joel and B can't have a bad game.
2: Nope. True.
0: No, and I don't think we've ever seen anybody play seven straight perfect games. And that so that, that puts them at a disadvantage at some point in the in the series I, yeah. as far as that. Because if he if he doesn't score 40, they're gonna be down eight to ten going into the fourth quarter. You know, like that's gonna right. be a lot to overcome because the, Kevin Durant and those guys aren't missing a lot of shots. Like they don't miss a lot. No. no, they don't.
1: They may not have a lot of people to do the rebounding. They may not get a lot of rebounds, but they don't need to miss. They don't because they don't miss a lot. You know, that's yeah, the point. Like,
0: those guys make a lot of shots. So it, it's definitely going to be a good back and forth. Um, I definitely think coaching will play a part in the series between Doc Rivers and Steve Nash, who can uh, mm-hmm. put their guys in uh, better situations. Um, right. Who can take the stress? Because it's gonna be a lot of pressure in that series too. So it's gonna be big series. Big series. I don't know if we've seen guys on the Sixers really handle pressure.
1: No, and you Whereas. saw last. You saw the last time when they played against the the Celtics. I mean, it was just that was a different was team last yeah, with the was, Celtics. But correct. Celtics. You got
2: correct. Doc. You said coaching there. You know, there's a major Doc difference. Doc Madden. Rivers and Kevin Nash. That's a huge difference there in coaching experience. Yeah. I agree. Uh and the
1: one thing I so agree. one thing that I am curious about is why the Bucks did not make any moves. Right? The Bucks without Joel Embiid, just barely snuck by the Sixers, which says to me that the Bucs are, are a good team, but they're a team that's in contention and they might need one or two other players. They made no moves today.
0: I just feel like nobody wants to go there. They don't feel like they no. have a legit chance to content. You know? Like I, it's going to be hard, man. Like, who... Who could they have gotten? Who would they have traded? Like, who do they have that's appealing to other teams?
2: You said you said a key thing. Who do they have to trade? I mean, they've already made all their moves to keep Giannis locked up. You know, they traded for Drew Holiday. They made mm-hmm. trades at the deadline last year. They don't have draft picks to trade. They don't have young players. They don't even have expiring contracts. They literally... They 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 blew their 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 wad last year in this offseason. They've got nothing left. So, you know, yeah. That, that's why the Bucks didn't make any moves. They have no moves to make. They've made their moves and they're just not working out.
0: No, so some things about. that we I feel see like had anybody attractive that teams wanted, really.
1: Yeah. yeah. So just so you know, I'm I'm looking at am looking at the Twitter, some things that are coming out while we're chatting on the air. Number one, George Hill is gonna come off the bench. Of course. Um Right. Not This isn't groundbreaking. He's another veteran. They're excited to have him. And Daryl Morey said uh, that they're going to be hard to beat in a seven-game series. If we add another player in the buyout market, it'll be a big man. So everything that we know. There isn't anything um, groundbreaking there. It's just nice to kind of see that there's a logical plan of attack.
0: Yeah. Hey, I do have a, I do sure have a question for you, just, Chris. Hey, just trust the process.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Trust the process, and that's where I'm trusting. There's a lot of there's, there's one guy on the team that gets a lot of. I don't want to I don't know say bad because he gets a lot of love and a lot of hate. Smaller player on the team, but Danny Green. A lot of people are like, just ship him out of town for anybody. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I've kind of seen in the last couple months now. He's healthy. He's kind of integrated with the team. He's playing really well. He plays really good defense, and his shots finally starting to fall. What, what are your thoughts on Danny Green? Is he – is it a good thing that they've kept him?
0: Yeah, I mean, because like I said, you want to have guys around because Ben Simmons and Jordan B they're fairly young. They have Bible, yeah. they have uh, Maxi, Like, they have some young guys around. So you want to keep, you know, good professional veterans around them, championship pedigree, know what it takes to win, have been in crucial moments, you know? Like, you you can't – you can't make up for experience and the, the knowledge that he could possibly pass down and uh one thing about shooting man shooting comes and goes so yeah you know that, mm-hmm. that's just how it works that's just what it is
1: yeah well since you mentioned it I, I can't have you on this show without talking about some shooting right quick so again if you're just joining us first off you've missed a hell of a show but we have with us chris jenkins from the ncaa champion over wildcats um <laughs> simply because of what I'm about to play. So I'm going to play something. It's about 30 seconds, and then we're going to talk about it just to refresh people's memories of, of good times past. They have
0: to clear it. Watch this. And the recognition of Arch finding Jenkins. Miscommunication. It's, out. No it's no, out. It's out. It's good. good. All the
2: way. How about that? The wow.
0: officials on the far side
2: have already walked away now after seeing it. Ooh. A national championship
1: buzzer beater. For the title, how good is that, Big Smooth? Big Smooth. Oh, I won't call him Chubby anymore. No. <laughs> what a set play, though! All
2: right. First of all, Chubby, that, that's they really are some cool. haters yeah. on there. We <laughs> couldn't cut that clip off three seconds sooner. Listen, uh, I, I
0: don't you make the my, videos. My <laughs> God, Bill Rafferty, man, Coach he's cool. <laughs>
1: All right, so just before I ask anything else, just talk me through that. Talk me through the emotions. Like, the balls, and just what was it? Ex- explain the, how this feels to me.
0: Man, it's crazy, man, because everybody be expecting, like, some elaborate, crazy stories. It's just something that I've been doing <laughs> since I was, like, three or four years old. Like, just going, just shooting. Like, I was open. I was, I was shocked that I was that wide open, but, you know, once I got a clean look, in rhythm, I mean, I, I don't think there was any doubt in anyone, honestly. So, I knew
2: you were going to say I no doubt that you're going to make it. I know there's no doubt you're going to make it, but did you have any doubt that you beat the timer? I mean, it was what 0. 0.2 I mean, seconds from the time it left your hand to yeah. the buzzer going off. Were you, were you confident in that I mean, part of it?
0: Yeah, I mean, because like I said, I was in rhythm, I caught it in okay. stride. Like, we, we knew time and score. Um, I mean it kind of just happened in a, in a perfect way. Um, I didn't, I didn't make any drastic movements or changes that would have took any time off the clock. So I just knew that, you know, just, just do what I just do what I do, man. It's what we've always done. Right
2: up there is one of the top two or three most iconic moments in Philadelphia sports history. You'll, you'll, you'll be known for that. Oh, for sure. Philadelphia for the next hundred years, right up there with the Philly special. And, Brad Lidge striking out, you yeah. know, to win the world series. It's those things and and that shot right there.
0: Hey man, it's crazy to think about that. You know, like I never thought that I'm from I grew up I was born in South Carolina and then I moved to the DMV, grew up in PG County, right outside DC. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I never knew like I, I'm an Eagles fan. I grew up an Eagles fan because of Terrell Owens. So yep, there we go. You know, that's pretty much that's pretty much all I really you know, gate to the city of Philadelphia. So, like, I never really saw myself doing anything crazy like that. So, for for y'all to put it like that, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy.
1: No, it's true. I mean, you're talking about a, a a city that thrives on on titles, and we're so starved for titles. So, for Villanova, we're like, oh yeah, we're Villanova's. That's Philly. We're we're counting that. We're counting, and to come in such an iconic way. I mean, when so Jen Wright calls the play. He says, "Chris, you, you, this is the play. You're you're going to be the guy." Were you just like, "Yeah, I'm going to be the guy"?
0: I didn't necessarily go like that. <laughs> That's funny though. But if that if it would have happened like that, I would have just been like, "All right, cool. I just right, what we do." <laughs> do it. <laughs> I mean, when well, the them all in their hands, Kobe Bryant would it happen any other way. <laughs>
2: Coach Willie, to I, quote Coach like Willie McGinty, "Winners want the ball in their hands."
0: Willie hey man, in hands. only a few. Well, who do you who, know you, that who quote? else would you rather have take the last shot? Not too many guys. Right. No,
1: do right. you still talk to some of the guys from that squad? Like, do you still touch base with them?
0: Yeah, I still talk with all of those guys, man. Even all the way down to the walk-ons. Like, I try. I do a good job of staying in communication with you know all my teammates from all four years, not just that season. But yeah, all, all my time, and that's. November.
1: That's big. That's one thing that I love about Villanova is, you know, you look at some of the schools like, you know, your Kentuckys and and your your Dukes and it's the it's the revolving door. It's the one and move on. Villanova, that's not Villanova. You're there to, for your education, you're there for the program and to I'm I'm a fan of what Villanova does.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, most of us that that go there, I mean, we're we're not one and done. So, I mean, we know that. Right. <laughs> So, you know, for us to approach it, it, it with that mindset would be kind of foolish. But I'm pretty sure if Coach Wright were to get a one and done and he would fit into our program and things of that nature, uh, he'll take him for sure. He definitely wouldn't say oh, yeah.
2: no. <laughs> So speaking of Coach Wright, you know, uh-huh. there's always every year there's talk of him being the next NBA head coach from an ex-team. And we all try to say, he isn't leaving Nova, is he? Uh-uh.
0: I blame Sixers fans for this nonsense, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> every time the Sixers have a head coaching job, man, they're like, yo, go like go get Jay Wright, And they get they mm-hmm. feelings her every time. It's just like for him to leave Villanova, an NBA franchise will have to offer him way more than just head coaching job. Like that's just not yeah. enough. Yeah. Like, he's gonna make it mean, gig of money. up there on the main line, you know. <laughs> He's gonna same amount of money, same amount of publicity. Like, I I mean, come on. I look
1: at it a different way. Like, I look at it as certain coaches are required to be in certain places. So, I look at at a coach like Jay Wright, and I go, "I Jay Wright is a college basketball coach. That's the age that he works with. That's the the style that he does. He doesn't belong in the NBA. Now, could he do it and be successful? Absolutely." But he would be doing himself a disservice. We talked about early on putting players in the wrong positions. I right. think that'd be putting a coach in the wrong position.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I feel like Villanova was his dream job, so I feel like he's living yeah. out a dream still. Like, so I don't think he's really too—he's not too pressed to go anywhere. Like, he could have—he could have took the Kentucky job. A couple, like you know, what I'm saying a while back, they offered mm-hmm. you know whatever, however much money he wanted, but you know, I think he just really, really. He's living out a dream at Nova. So, all right. So, look, we,
1: I, I got to ask because all of our brackets got absolutely destroyed. How's your bracket looking? And uh, what you got this upcoming weekend?
0: Man, I ain't doing a bracket. I only got one team every year, bro. So, I feel like love it. me doing the bracket. I love is that. Like, like, what's the point of me doing the bracket? Like, like I feel like everybody knows who I'm going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> You got to put a little
2: of the money so, on it, then that, that it changes your opinion.
0: I mean, all right. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't bet on my guys just cause I feel like they're going to get it done regardless. So I just watched the game from an I, alumni fan perspective and I, and i bet on somebody else. sorry Team cause for the most part, I, I know we're going to do what we supposed to. So it is a for sure right, win, so, but I don't put the money on our guys.
1: They They got a tough one this weekend. Right, Not you say they're games. going to get it done. They got Baylor this weekend. What do they have to do?
0: Well, I mean, I'm going to just be honest with you guys. Like, when you come to Nova, you come to Nova to play the games and playing games like this. Like, these are the reasons that you come to Villanova. Like, we, we don't shy away from no big game moments. Like, whoever got who, whatever, that don't matter, man. Like, y'all, y'all got to beat us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the day, we are gonna see if y'all can hoop for forty minutes because we don't think y'all can do it. That's just how it go.
1: I I love it, man. I I do. I love it. Um, that's
0: no disrespect to you know anybody else in that program or any other players, but it's just it's just a mindset. It's just how it is. Like they said the same thing about us on our run. You know that we' we'll, They're they're gonna lose the Iowa in the second round. You know then they're gonna to lose to Miami. Yeah, they're definitely not gonna beat Kansas. Mm-hmm. No, nah. man, now they play Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill going to win the championship his senior year. So it's just like, and then nobody picked us to beat America's College. Like now, you know. So it's just that's just what True. we do, man. Like that's just how it go. True. And plus, I don't so all right, I, I can count. I pretty, I'm pretty sure I can count on one hand how many football schools ever beat us, though. So I'm not not too sure. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, football schools can beat us. So I got to see it.
1: All right. All right. Uh, That's sorry, that was me. No, I'm good now. I'm good now. You good? Yeah, I'm good. So all right, let me let me ask you this. Um what what are you promoting? What are you all about? Talk to us a little bit about, you know, life after college. What's uh what is Chris Jenkins as you see the question there? What do you support? Talk to me. What's uh what's big in your
0: world? Hey man, I support people being good people, no matter what you look like, straight up. So that's the charity I support, people that do good things. And um, I mean, for me, man, so I've been playing professionally a little bit. I had a little injury, so I I take care of some hip stuff. So I've been rehabbing, working out, just getting my feel back, seeing if I got any more high-level basketball left in me. So pretty much that's what I've been doing, just just staying safe out here in these crazy times, focusing on my mental, staying sharp, getting certain help when I need it. Cause you know, being an athlete, getting hurt, you know, feeling like you should be at a certain point, you know, that could weigh on you mentally. So, you know, just making sure that I have somebody to talk to, making sure that I just, like I say, uh, I can't ask other people to be good people and not be a good person myself. So I just try to be the best person I can be every day. And uh I mean, basketball, I feel like I do that regardless. So basketball is basketball, but just trying to be a good person, trying to, spread as much knowledge when people ask me questions and just, just get back speaking to people, bro. Like, I just, you know, I had so many people help me along the way. Like, yeah, it was a bumpy road and everything wasn't peachy, but you know, I just felt like I had a lot of people that gave me a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom, you know, through my life journey to uh, these 27 years that I've been going through this. So, I mean, just trying to be, just trying to be a good person, man, especially in the times that we in now, man, where, Everybody feel like they got a voice and they can say and do whatever they want. Uh How a about this? A lot of keyboard warriors. <laughs> yeah. How about we we take that free voice and that that open mindedness and do something positive with it, try help some people. You know, I love that.
1: I'm 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 a middle school teacher, so like everything that you just said, I'm gonna play for my students. I'm gonna take that clip. And I'm gonna play for my students. Um, cause that's that's it. Just being a good person. You know, we we yeah, saw in the man. news last week people being you know just messed up to to giovanni the you know it's like he he supports his player like don't i'm not about that life we're all about the birds we don't we don't believe in any of this uh this drama stuff is being mean to one another so i i I appreciate you for saying that i respect you for saying that um my friend i thank you for
0: coming on man this was awesome nah this was love man i appreciate y'all for having me taking the time uh Tell everybody to go follow me, man. Let's go crazy. That's what I was about to do.
1: Move. So we are all about the birds. It is right there. We are all about the birds. I am chip. That is Phil. This is Chris Jenkins, Philly legend, Villanova legend. Um, you can see all of his Twitter handles, smooth to you underscore and Instagram smooth jenkins too make sure you give the man a follow make sure you give all of us a follow you can hit that subscribe button on the YouTube this will be replaying a whole bunch um gentlemen this has been a good time that's right we we normally well. end everything with a uh, with go birds because change it up we, because you know it's all about the birds but I think tonight we got to throw up our Vs for Nova Nation because, uh, you know, we got Chris Jenkins up here. Nova Nation, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, man, hey, but it's still go birds forever, though. That's a oh, still go, still go birds, for sure. Forever. Go birds
1: That's go Nova. I the birds is.
0: <laughs> we'll
1: see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.
0: Titty boobie.